You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So I think today's going to be a short day. It's pretty obvious that since the election, nobody cares about football anymore based on what the numbers look like. And Saturdays and Sundays are always the worst, especially no Packer Sundays. So today is very simple. We're just going to look at the games that are going on today, specifically games that have an impact on the Green Bay Packers. Because it's probably going to be a short episode, um, I guess I shouldn't declare that because those are usually the longest episodes. But let's get some of the uh, preliminary stuff out of the way first and foremost. As always, the best ways to support the podcast would be to share the news, let people know, etc., etc. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd rather just uh, jump in on the dollar a month train. Would be greatly appreciated. Also make absolutely sure that you are signed up for the uh, Packernet newsletter. You can check that out at packdraft.com forward slash newsletter. If you've signed up for it and you haven't seen it, make sure you either check your spam folder or, like I said, mine was in... If you, if you got Google, there's always those... I don't know what they're called. Those other folders that I never look at. It's there somewhere. Just click and drag it over to your main inbox and it'll start popping up there. What else? Oh, um, the Coach Hawn private Zoom session. I posted a question on Patreon for anybody that is in the uh, the Charles Woodson tier or above. Basically just asking what questions do you have for him uh, at the outset that he can look at it right now again you'll be able to ask questions once you get in there that's going to be set up for tuesday if you want to get involved in that private zoom session with coach hawn just head over as i said to patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy and uh, sign up for the charles woodson tier or above and you'll be uh, ready to go so anyways as you would expect most of these games don't really have very much impact on uh, the green bay packers the only real impact that I can think, and yes, this is how my brain works, is the NFL draft. Now, why would some of these games have an impact on the NFL draft? Um, considering the Green Bay Packers, the goal is to win a Super Bowl, there's no implication in any of these games that would impact the draft positively for the Packers, unless we're talking about the Vikings, the Lions, not necessarily the Bears. Point is, though, if there's some really, really bad teams out there, and I'm not necessarily saying I want the Vikings to win games, although mm, if it's not against the Packers, I don't know that I care all that much, but there are some teams that are in competition for higher draft picks with teams like the Minnesota Vikings, and I would like these other bad teams to win that competition. Best case scenario, the, the Vikings miss the playoffs because they're trash, but kind of barely. As of right now, if you go over to a place like tankathon.com that projects where everybody's going to be drafting, um, picks 1 through 18 are all teams that missed the playoffs. Right now, pick 18 is the Chicago Bears, pick 13 is the Lions, pick 10 is the Vikings. That's pretty close to perfect. But if we can, uh, you know, get some of these other teams to push the Vikings and Lions up a little bit, if we can get, <laughs> if we can get the Vikings, Lions, and Bears to be picked 16, 17, and 18, bueno. But anyways, two of these teams are the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, either way, this one is kind of a win because both of these teams are in competition. However, right now the Falcons and the Vikings are two-win teams. So if the Falcons win, they become a three-win team. The Denver Broncos stay a three-win team. And if the Vikings lose, they're a two-and-five team, meaning 
they just moved up a spot. Now, I know you probably don't think, well, who really cares? I, there's some really good talent in this draft. And I, I would be surprised if the Vikings pick a quarterback. I know that seems like a weird statement because everybody hates Kirk Cousins and there's some really good quarterbacks in this draft. Obviously, if they're picking like one, two, three, probably a quarterback. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. As long as they're picking 10, 11, 12-ish, who cares? It's, it's not even 50-50 in my mind whether or not this player is going to be impactful. It's like 70-30 that they won't be. Now, in terms of who I expect to win, I mean, I, I, of course I want to say the Atlanta Falcons because they're the only team with any competent anything. The Atlanta Falcons offense. Now, Calvin Ridley is injured and may not go. We'll see what happens. But even so, you've got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And I, I mean, I don't know if I even want to bother bringing up Gurley because he's been useless. But Gage in the slot has been solid. The offensive line is decent. And the Broncos, despite having Vic Fangio and a couple decent pieces, it's just still not a very good defense. They should not be able to stop this. The problem being, number one, the Falcons just can't seem to find a way to win anything. And number two, how pathetic this defense is. But again, I don't really care. That's kind of the, bo- that's kind of the bottom line. Um, I'm afraid of the potential of the Denver Broncos if they're bad enough that they end up getting a really good quarterback, which I think they will end up drafting a quarterback in this draft because Drew Locke is terrible, which is what I've been saying all the... This NFL draft thing that I do is really frustrating. I say stuff, I keep saying it, people just trash me so hard. You know what I've never gotten? An apology letter. (laughs) You know what? You were right about Drew Locke. I told you that he was great, and he's undefeated, or whatever nonsense stats I kept throwing out at people. You kept drafting us a quarterback. We didn't need a quarterback. Drew Locke right now is ranked 35th out of 36 quarterbacks, and he's not grading out very much high, very much higher, I guess, than he was last year. He's T-Rash. T-Rash. We went out and got Fant. We went out and got Judy. We went out and got Hamler. We went out and got Gordon. We went out and got all these weapons, and we don't have a quarterback. <sighs> But yeah, I, I think they could potentially be a quarterback away. Obviously, they got a lot of issues, but I think it's all compounded by the fact of how terrible they are. But who wins the game? I don't know. I'm picking the Falcons just because I have to pick the team with more talent, despite the fact that they're probably going to find a way to lose because they're trash. Baltimore and Indy only really matters to me because we're playing Indy very shortly. And if Indianapolis finds a way to stomp out Baltimore, it's going to make me very sad. I've been scared of the... Colts for quite some time for the same reason I was scared of the 49ers and a few other teams because they're very good at running the football. Now, I don't know that they have been this year, but when you're looking at a team that is pretty stacked with decent running backs and has one of the better offensive lines in football, yeah, it makes me nervous a little bit. We'll see what the Baltimore Ravens can do about that. They've got this elite uh, linebacker by the name of Patrick Queen who's ranked 81st out of 85 linebackers. He's one of the best in the business. Yes, that's sarcasm, but we'll see. The, The Baltimore Ravens are and this is one of the biggest things I really need to, uh, we'll say meditate on, although I'm not going to do that. The ability of some coaches to put guys in great positions to succeed. For, so, for example, it's sort of the inverse with the Packers. I'm telling you Kingsley Kiki is one of the higher-graded run-defending guys, and Lancaster actually grades out quite well, and all, all these different things. But it's just, there tends to be no cohesion between the group. And so there are weaknesses and inconsistencies at such a high rate that you tend to see with regularity the team getting gashed. On the flip side, you look at the Chicago Bears who have lots of guys that are grading out as being mediocre. You look at the Baltimore Ravens in which this whole team is basically just kind of blech. 
Calais Campbell's solid. Jimmy Smith, the cornerback, is grading out well, so that's, you know, good for him. You look at Tampa Bay. We know for a fact, it's not just the grades, because you can say, well, maybe just your your hypothesis of trusting in these grades is wrong. Yeah, okay. But look at Tampa. We know their names. We've seen their careers. We know that this is a pile of guys who have not done very much in their careers, but there's something different about it. They're doing a good job. So we'll see what Baltimore can do against uh, Indianapolis. If you're just going based on grades, Indy's going to steamroll this defense, but I don't think that's going to happen. I know part of it has to come down to mentality, and there's not a much better mentality than a Baltimore Ravens defense. I mean, that's in their DNA. They play fast, physical, and aggressive. And right now they have the second lowest points scored against in the NFL which is actually even more surprising when you factor in that this is a pretty high-scoring offense, and generally when you have a high-scoring offense, the defense has a hard time staving off the other team from scoring points because they just start launching the ball down the field. And if you get a guy like Patton, I'm sorry for picking on the guy, but it is what it is, what do you do? You go into to, you know, back-off mode, whether you want to call it prevent or, or just, you know, let's just keep everything in front of us, give them the five yards, give them whatever. This is the eighth highest scoring offense in football, and their defense is second in points and sixth in yards. So they do a good job. I, you know, I don't know. I do expect the Baltimore Ravens to win, but uh, even Vegas sees it as, as pretty much a horse apiece, which should be scary to Packer fans. Vegas is looking at the Colts and the Ravens and saying they're basically the same. Colts, by the way, um, fortunately, are actually doing a terrible job of running the ball, which is great. It's a complete anomaly to me. I thought this would be one of the better running teams in football, but they've just been doing a terrible job. But again, that's me looking at grades and not understanding that there's other aspects behind that. I mean, I clearly do understand it because I'm saying it to you right now. But it's just it's just weird to me, and it's frustrating to me because you know the talent is there. They just can't execute, and that sucks. I mean, not for us, but it's just annoying to even recognize it. Colts are actually dead last in yards per attempt rushing, which is kind of funny. So again, I don't know who wins. That's not really the point of what I'm doing here. I believe it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. The the biggest thing that I'm watching for is how do the Colts perform? That's the biggest thing. Carolina Panthers, Kansas City Chiefs, it's 100% in my mind um, wanting to see the Panthers beat the Chiefs. Seems weird because we have to play the Panthers, but at the end of the day, the biggest issue I had last year was this was a good Packers team. We're talking 2019 but they just were not, they didn't feel like they were on the same tier as other teams. And there was a big pile of teams that I didn't feel they were on the same tier as. This year, despite the Packers being maybe not quite as good as they were last year, at least as far as being well-rounded, the offense, I think, is, is I mean, as inconsistent as they may be, it's definitely a better overall offense than it was last year. I don't think that's even super debatable. But the point is, I don't see this giant gap between the Packers and anybody else. There's so many weaknesses that keep flaring up for all these other teams. The one team, though, that stands apart as being really, really unique in my mind and the team that's going to be the hardest to overcome, and granted, I would take a a, just getting into the Super Bowl would be great, but I want to know that we can win this thing. And the Chiefs lining up and just knocking down the Carolina Panthers like they're nothing um, would just kind of further my belief that this is a team that's just on a different level than anybody else. Obviously, the Carolina Panthers aren't uh, aren't exactly the, the... prime example of a team you would expect to knock off the Chiefs, but but give me something. Give me a little fight. You know, if the Chiefs win by three, that would make me happy. If the Chiefs win by 30, that makes me sad. Um, I do expect the Chiefs to win, and, and you know, again, the, the solace we can take in this is the fact that we do end up playing the Carolina Panthers, and if you start seeing life in the Panthers, that kind of sucks a little bit. 
Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to be coming back. Not that that means a ton against the Kansas City Chiefs, but again, it's just worth watching. Uh, we are going to be playing the Carolina Panthers. We hopefully are going to be playing the Chiefs at some point, and ideally we're not going to see a whole lot of anything from either of them, but I doubt that's going to be the case. Jacksonville and Houston is uh, obviously interesting because we're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. Um, it's also interesting because we've already played and beaten the Houston Texans. And so the one thing that would make somebody nervous is if the Jaguars come out and just pound the Texans like they don't even exist. The Jaguars are currently 1-6, but they're another team. When you look at them, you think that they shouldn't be all that bad. The offensive line is not that bad. They've got a running back who's been really impressive. They've got two wide receivers that are actually fairly impressive in Chenault and Chark. Not elite, but kind of like if they had two Alan Lazards on their team. That's more or less what it is. They've got two solid number twos. Um, the, the Jaguars, though, and, and, and you kind of hope that this continues, I guess, but they started off real strong to start the year. They beat the Colts week one, which was a big shocker for week one. Then they nearly beat the Tennessee Titans. Basically, since then, they've just been getting blown out. 31-13 to against the Miami Dolphins. 33-25 to against the Bengals. 30-14 to against the Texans the last time they played. 34-16 to against the Detroit Lions. 39-29. to I mean, these are not even good teams. And they're getting blown out. So, I mean, this is a... This is a team that has become horrible, but again, it's it's still a team that has enough pieces that makes you nervous, I guess. Um, I don't expect them to be able to uh, stop. I mean, the, the, the defense obviously is a massive problem. You look at these blowout numbers, they're all in the 30s, and it makes sense. And I, I think when you talk about Watson and Cooks and Cobb and Fuller, I just think that they're going to get shredded by the Texans. It's just a matter of can the Texans' defense keep the Jaguars' offense at bay, and it seems like that shouldn't be that difficult of a task. But we'll see. Again, that's all I'm really watching. I would just want to see the Texans smack the Jaguars just up and down the field. The Giants in Washington, I mean, who cares? I think the one good thing about the Giants winning the game would be that you'd have two two-win teams. So you'd have the the Giants still at, they would become 2-7. and seven. The uh, Washington footballs would be 2-6, and six, meaning we would probably be keeping them both in front of the Minnesota Vikings when it comes time. Otherwise, if the Vikings go on to lose and Washington were to win, then the Vikings move up a spot into the top 10 in the draft, and I'm not really into that. Granted, they're, ba- they're, they're right now they're tied. This is just how Tankathon ranks it based on strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff, but that's not really how this works in terms of where you actually pick. The bottom line is the Vikings have two wins, and uh, that's the the number five overall pick has two wins. So they're somewhere between pick five and pick uh, 10, which is scary. You start having some of these two-win teams win and the Vikings lose, that's not great. Again, this is also why I say as devastating as it was for the Packers to lose to the Vikings, it was doubly devastating for the Vikings. They should be a one-win team right now and a guaranteed in the top five, potentially the number two overall pick in this draft. That's horrifying. So I think my preference would be for the Giants to win again so that there's two two-win teams going forward. That may just mean that you're putting the Vikings ahead of the, you know, Washington and the Giants. So there's a little bit of risk involved in that, but I, I trust the Vikings are going to be good enough to win a couple more games. I just don't want Washington to outpace the Vikings in any way. But again, it ultimately, does it matter? I don't think so. Seattle and Buffalo is pretty obvious. I want Buffalo to smash Seattle like they, they just don't even exist. And they, they've got the ability. I mean, Seattle's defense is not good. We know Seattle's defense is not good. So, so this offense that... Um, has really taken over the reins. It's, it's kind of a frustrating thing for Bills fans. They had a great defense last year, terrible offense. 
all of a sudden the offense picks it up and the defense just falls apart. Similar to where the Packers are, I guess, but but not quite. It's more like it was kind of complimentary offense and defense, and then the offense got better, the defense got worse, but whatever. Been a lot worse at that. The biggest issue, I mean, it, it should just be a shootout. I mean, this Buffalo Bills defense trying to stop Russell Wilson and this offense, which again... I've been saying in the draft for I don't know how long, the Buffalo Bills linebackers are a joke. I've been drafting them linebackers. Um, the three linebackers that they have here are are graded at, uh, let's see, Klein, 35.4, Edmonds, 34.7, and Smith, a 48.3. Garbage. Also, Ed Oliver, who everybody loved in the draft. You know, you got to go get Ed Oliver. He's um, 109th out of 120 defensive tackles. He's been absolutely horrible. Just thought I'd throw that dig out there. And it's just sort of a general dig. Because, you know, again, a lot of people put all their hopes in how elite some guys are. And we need to trade up, and we should have got Ed Oliver, and he's going to be the, the, the hope of everything, that, that pass rush with Oliver on the inside, and Kenny next to him, and Zadarius and Preston. It's just going to be the most elite defensive front in all of football. Instead, we get this bum Rashawn Gary, blah, 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 blah. Ed Oliver is ten times worse than Rashawn Gary. He has been horrific. Horrific. By the way, the guy that went number two overall in the Jets, we're talking about possibly trading for that guy because that's how bad he's been. Number two overall. I mean, okay, let's cry about it. But anyways, I, I expect Seattle to win this game. I just I just hope they don't, I guess. Go Buffalo. My wife's going to be real mad, by the way, because she hates the Buffalo Bills. She actually likes Seattle, which, I mean, you got to cut her some slack. She does not care about football at all, but Seattle has nice colors. And in school, she had to do a project on a team, and that team was the Buffalo Bills, and she hated it. So she hates the Buffalo Bills with a passion. She likes Seattle's colors. So she's not going to be happy today that I am both rooting against Seattle and for the Buffalo Bills. That one's going to be, that's going to cause some problems. <laughs> Chargers, Raiders, I mean, it, it could not matter any less. I don't know. I don't care. There you go. Um, why don't we take a break on that great note? We've got about three other games before we get to the two games that actually matter. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Ladies and gents, make sure that you check out Iron Jock, a Wisconsin-based clothing company that has recently launched their e-commerce platform. They are based out of Wisconsin. They've got some of the most comfortable polo shirts, vests, workout shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, socks, and underwear, running jackets, hoodies, and pants that you'll find anywhere. And the best part is the clothing is working for you. They've got it infused with nano silver particle stuff that kills 99.9% of bacteria and fungus. It's also wicking and fast drying, breathable and anti-static. And in their long pants, shorts, hoodies, and running jackets, they have their Enduratec Plus fabric, which makes it water repellent. Uh, Iron Jock Performance Wear is now available for purchase at ironjock.com. That's I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. For a closer look at their unique collection of apparel featuring silver ion technology, look at them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, Iron Jock. Um, at Iron Jock. You know what I'm trying to say. Also, make sure you check out mybookie.ag. Right now, the Seattle Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point favorite. Tennessee Titans against the Chicago Bears are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I I got to be honest, man, that's a little surprising to me. Obviously, we're not there yet, but, I mean, we're kind of, you know, it meshes nicely. This is why they're a great advertiser. Tennessee has lost some pretty terrible games. Chicago has a pretty solid record and has been proving a lot of people wrong. Six and a half? I mean, if you want to say Tennessee's going to win, I don't mind. You know, if you want to say three points, something like that, two and a half points, I, I would be, even three points feels like a lot to me. Six and a half? 
They must know something I don't know. Minnesota Vikings are four-point favorites over the Detroit Lions. Again, we haven't talked about that yet, but we're going to. Kansas City Chiefs over the Carolina Panthers, 10.5-point favorites. So you want to know what to watch for in that game? Does Carolina beat these odds? <laughs> That's why I said if they win by th- if the Chiefs win by three, we'll call that a moral victory. Kansas City Chiefs uh, expected to win by seven. Washington, two and a half point favorites. Raiders, one point. Dallas Cowboys, 14 and a half point underdogs. My goodness gracious. Patriots also 10 point favorites against the Jets. So, I mean, the point is if you're seeing any of these things, hearing any of these things, and thinking that's crazy, I know what to do, head on over to mybookie.ag. Just make sure you use promo code OVERTIME. They're going to match your deposit halfway. That's promo code OVERTIME. Make sure you join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, let's keep it going with the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, it's pretty obvious who we're rooting for in this one. It's going to be the uh, Miami Dolphins, who have been pretty impressive. Uh, they lost their first two games. Since then, they are 4-1. and one. Their only loss since that time has been the Seattle Seahawks, which is, let's say, forgivable. They beat the Jaguars 31-13, they beat the 49ers 43-17, the Jets 24-0, and just beat the LA Rams 28-17. So, I mean, I don't really see why they aren't able to beat the Arizona Cardinals, who I think are overrated. Maybe not quite as much anymore. 
Um, they've they've had some impressive wins, but generally their impressive wins are in their division. They do a great job of playing spoiler in their division. They beat Seattle in overtime. They beat San Francisco week one. Otherwise, they beat Washington, the Jets, and the Cowboys. Three absolute th- three of maybe the worst teams in football. And their losses were to the Panthers and the Lions, who are garbage teams. So again, they've only played horrible teams, with the exception of two teams in their division who they beat for because again for some reason they always do that and both of those were extremely close again Seattle was in overtime by three points the 49ers game was by four points Arizona's also just coming fresh out of their bye which usually is a positive thing I'm not so sure about that the only thing working in their favor is this game is at home for Arizona but again this is an NFC team with five wins Uh, the Miami Dolphins are an AFC team with four wins it doesn't it doesn't get much more clear than that. We need Miami to win this game. If they win, they're 6-2, and two, just like the Packers are. That's not what we want. Pittsburgh and Dallas is just going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, I got the survivor pool going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, so assuming nothing super crazy happens there, they got Danucci at quarterback for Dallas, who is, I mean, just yikes. Add in that Ezekiel Elliott is questionable. Um, I mean, just, just enjoy... An NFC team that has been a big rival of the Packers getting absolutely annihilated by a team that doesn't really matter. Now, you could go the whole angle of, well, you know, the Steelers are a threat. But Listen, only one team is going to be a threat in the Super Bowl. If it's the Steelers, it's the Steelers. If it's the, the uh, Chiefs, it's the Chiefs. It's, it's whatever. Whatever. If that's the angle you want to take, fine. But, I mean, Dallas is going to get stomped out. New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Pretty clearly, I want the Saints to beat Tampa Bay pretty heavily. Um, I think teams are seeing Tampa Bay as the top team in the NFC, and the Saints are kind of a joke. The Saints beat them once already. The Packers have beat the Saints. If the Saints beat the Buccaneers again, you got to feel pretty good about that. Also, Tampa Bay is 6-2. and two. That puts them at 6-3 and three if they lose. Granted, the Saints get bumped up to 6-2, and two, but I'm fine with that. I don't want Tampa Bay to be the first seven-win team. Right now, Tampa Bay and Seattle are the only two teams with the potential of taking the lead over the Green Bay Packers with seven wins. So yes, I would like the Saints to win this game. In terms of ability, it's going to be difficult because the Saints, similar to the Packers, have got some guys inexplicably just completely falling off like Marshawn Lattimore. The guy's a complete anomaly. He was great as a rookie. He was good in his sophomore season. He was mediocre in year three. He's been really bad this year. I don't know what the deal is. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson gets a lot of praise in the media. He's been pretty terrible. The linebackers are bad. The safeties are bad. It's not going to be great for the Saints. But, again, that's who we're rooting for. I could leave Monday for Monday, but it's Jets and Patriots, so who cares? Um, I mean, I guess go Jets, right? Because I don't like the Patriots. I mean, I, I guess I don't want the Patriots to get a good pick either. It could possibly push other teams up, but... I mean, I I should be rooting for the Patriots to get a higher pick than the Vikings, but I don't want them to get a good quarterback, man. I got them taking a really good quarterback in my mock that I'm working on, and it makes me not happy. But I I mean, who cares? The Jets are going to lose to the Patriots. And if they don't, then we know for sure that Bill Belichick is tanking, which shouldn't surprise anybody. He's just the master of exploiting things to his advantage, and clearly to his advantage would be to lose this season. Who cares about this stupid season? I don't know how you find a way to lose to the Jets, but, I mean, if anybody can figure it out, Billy Boy's the guy. Circling back, Tennessee Titans, Chicago Bears. I mentioned in the advertisement, if you were listening, that uh, Tennessee is massively favorited in this game. Uh, The market right now has uh, six-and-a-half-point favorites in favor of the Tennessee Titans. PFF has it at minus six 
for the Titans. And again, in a sense, I get it, man. I mean, if you, especially if you're just looking at PFF. PFF has no respect for this Bears defense, although it's pretty obvious what they're doing is is, is impressive. Um, but then you look at the Titans offense, and it's just a thing of beauty. They've got the number three and number four tight ends in football. Tannehill's a top ten quarterback. Henry is uh, number three overall running back. Davis this year is number six overall. Um, A.J. Brown is number nine overall. So two top 10 wide receivers, two top five tight ends, a top 10 quarterback, and a top three running back. That's what tight the Titans have right now, on top of a fairly decent, although regressing offensive line. That's pretty impressive. And again, you look at the Bears defense, and there's no point in even bringing this up because they do a great job, but you could see why it's hard to see how this doesn't go in the Titans' favor. Uh, Fuller is ranked 36th. Roquan is 29th, barely a starter. Trevathan is 56th, not even a starter. Uh, the safeties are 41st and 49th. The defensive line, Hicks is 81st out of 120 defensive linemen. Nichols is 32nd. Urban is 27th. Barcavius Mingo is 41st. The corners are 72nd and 36th. The only guy that's worth anything is Khalil Mack, who's second overall. Again, not really worth bringing up because the defense is doing a good job, so whatever. They find a way. But then the real challenge is on the flip side where the Bears' offense uh, outside of Robinson and Montgomery is pretty pathetic. And they've got guys like Isaiah Simmons, who is just an, or excuse me, Jeffrey Simmons, who's an absolute freak. They went out and got Desmond King, who is really impressive. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is talented. I get it, but I guess I would just be surprised if it's not a little bit close. Because again, I'm expecting the Bears' defense to kind of stave off this, this offense a bit. And the Titans' defense is fine, but it's not. It's nothing super elite. And then finally, Minnesota and Detroit. Um, I feel weird saying it, but I'm, I'm, rooting for, uh, I'm rooting for Minnesota in this one. The Detroit Lions have a better record. They're the only one of the two that potentially could be a threat. It's unlikely, but they're a three-win team. Um, it, it would more or less officially knock the Lions out of content. I mean, not really, but five losses. What do you expect? They're going to go on a winning streak and go 11-5? and five? I doubt it. And again, it just kind of pulls the Vikings up a bit away from that number one overall pick to the point at which they're kind of in the 12, 13, 14, 15 range when they're drafting. Obviously, this is quite a ways away from what the final result is going to be, but it, it positions everybody in a, in a spot that I would prefer. Pulls the Lions away from the top of the NFC North, pulls the Vikings away from the number one overall pick, and I think that's just both of those are in the right direction. Am I going to be sad if the Vikings lose to the Lions? Of course not. That's an absolute embarrassment for that team, and good, I'm glad, I hope it happens. I mean, you know, to a small degree, is that way, you know, what are you going to say as a Vikings fan at that point? You still going to brag about beating the Packers? You just lost to the Lions, dude. So either way, it's fine, but the analyst, so the, the, the fanalist part is split on this. The fan part wants the Lions to destroy the Vikings. The analyst part says the Vikings should beat the Lions. So I'm going to try to stick with the uh, the intelligent answer, but again, I'm, I'm, it's going to be one of those things where I'm telling myself I'm rooting for the Vikings and I'm absolutely not going to. I'm going to find myself cheering every time the Lions do something to the Vikings and thinking, you're not supposed to cheer, and then, ah, shut up. But anyways, that's it. Those are my thoughts. Again, um, not a ton that is interesting. I mean, Indian Baltimore is interesting just from an observational standpoint. Obviously, we want Tennessee to win. That's a big game. Minnesota and Detroit kind of matters, but not all that much. Seattle Buffalo is huge. Go Buffalo. Miami Arizona is surprisingly a pretty big game. Go Miami. Um, otherwise, I don't think there's anything else. I guess New Orleans and Tampa go New Orleans, although it's 
kind of iffy because New Orleans is also a threat. We don't really want them to win, but they need to win over Tampa. So that's about it, man. That's all I got. Folks, enjoy your Sunday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.